Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. We're almost through the second month of this year, but that doesn't mean that you should forget about those New Year's resolutions, your new goals, especially your skincare goals. Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results. And your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. I've been using this stuff. Look at me. Look at my face, Pace Case. You're glowing. How young do I look? Tell me. Tell me the number. That's a Pace Case glow. You look like a little baby. Thank you. That's the look I'm going for. And uh, I put this stuff on at night. <laughs> Dime's eye cream. And then they have a, a dewy day cream that I also use. And this is the result. I, I've i literally never used a moisturizer before. Mm-hmm. I've always had oily skin, but now it's getting to that time. And I made one of my New Year's resolutions to be to do my skincare routine. And I'm using the dewy day cream in the morning. I keep it on the left. Using the restorative night cream, I keep it on the right. It's bim, bam, boom. I know which one to use. And now my face is moisturized all the time and it's so nice you look like a baby as well thank you i was waiting for it (laughs) (laughs) a little slow (laughs) but uh this takes the guesswork out of the routine so uh, this is part of the work system the two moisturizers there's also a sold out retinol alternative the tbt cream uh i can't wait to try that one as well Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. I was flying up into the hot tub. Then I got a little nervous. Hot tub on The Bachelor is serious. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And we've just completed the first regular season in the history of Golden Mangler. That is right. The playoffs (laughs) are upon us next week. That's Golden Bachelor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we concluded today the first ever regular season. And I got to say, uh, hats off to everybody involved with Golden Bachelor. It has been fantastic to watch. I mean, it's literally perfect. It is. I'm. I know we say this every week, but I'm like, I cried multiple times. Yeah. I laughed my ass off. The tag was the best tag they've ever had on the show. I agree. Well, I don't know about that. I can't wait. 
I mean, we'd have to go back. I don't, I, I don't have a strong memory of every tag from every episode of every season. There's fucking 27 seasons or whatever now. Come on. No. I, but, uh, I, you know. That's how I felt after watching it. I was just like, it's so wholesome. It's so cute and sexy. And I want all of these people to find love so badly. I know. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of what they're doing this season is there really are no villains. Kathy was the closest thing to a villain and she wasn't a villain. She was just funny and like... Zip it. Yeah. <laughs> she was just asking. Yeah. And she was just telling. It wasn't a villain at all. All of these women are bonded in the sisterhood of this experience and they're putting that front and center in every episode, even when people get knocked off. I would argue they've given Leslie Fema a little bit of a like attention-y villain edit oh really interesting at least they did with the dance don't you think when they had everyone shit talking her dance yeah maybe a little bit but even that isn't like no it's a tiny bit yeah that's a stretch to get to a villain edit you know meanwhile cut to like what they're doing to cat Izzo. <laughs> holy shit oh my god it's insane they've got people calling her hurricane cat she must have killed someone's family member that's all i'm thinking is like she said something nasty to a producer in an itm yeah. and that producer's like fuck her we're gonna destroy her life that's all that i can think when i watch the edit they're giving her but uh we'll get to that of course but um yeah we got to dive in this is golden bachelor Welcome. What a, I mean, what a, I mean, a dichotomy with Golden Bachelor and VIP. But honestly, I loved this episode of Bachelor in Paradise. For me, the last two were so good. I would have just cut everything that happened at the beginning. Yeah. And extended the season. It's on an upswing for sure. Um, and and it's going to get, I think, a little more hectic, obviously, as we get into the round where you must progress their relationship with an overnight date or leave the beach. That's coming in the next couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. And they force breakups. Yeah, they force breakups. They force uh, couples getting together. We're watching what's happening with Brayden and Rekia. At least that's what I'm watching. That's the entire show to be now. That's like the the real heart of it, you know? I mean, that's what I mean. It was so fun. Yes. Like... And why that wasn't happening in week one. That she should have gotten the first date card and asked him out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we're seeing Blake Moynes play again. We're seeing him play, but play in what... Look, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We got to start with Golden Bachelor. He's playing from the shadows. Pace Case. <laughs> Let's do what we came here to do. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Okay. We begin Golden Episode 5. It is only one hour of gold, unfortunately. And we start with uh, this shot of Gary telling Leslie not to feel bad about something. And she's crying and he's STCOing her. We have no fucking idea what this is about. And this is a beautiful promo. This is how you should fucking do it. Now I'm watching the whole goddamn episode to see what the fuck is happening here. And if you notice, when they do these... They're not giving you something from later in the season. It's from this episode. So it hooks you into watching the entire episode. It is brilliantly done. This is how every episode of The Bachelor should open. Take notes. It's how every episode should open. I completely agree. Only one tiny little clip. We don't need it. It, it ruins, at least in Bachelor in Paradise, like when you see them talk to every person, but you already know who they're going to ask on the date. You're like, what am I even watching? They showed us on Paradise not only who they're asking on the date, 
that they're making out, that the other people are getting pissed. They show you everything that's going to happen. So now you're just watching it being like, oh, yeah, I already knew this. was. Oh, yeah, this is going to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, so that Mercedes makeout was on a truth or dare. Yeah, that, that tracks. Okay. Paradise is just, it feels like they are really dialing it in to me. They have some great players who are doing great things and there is entertaining shit happening. But the way it's being presented is just like, these producers are tired of their job and they need to move on. Find other employment. And they hate Cat Izzo. Yeah, they hate Cat Izzo. <laughs> but let some people get in there who love this fucking show again. And I think you'll be in business. There's... But there's gems popping off. Okay, so we see, oh my God, this beginning, this wonderful clip. Okay, how are we going to get to that? We see the house is empty, and then we cut to the pool, and four of the players are doing the horror dance in the pool. Unreal. A Jewish wedding tradition dance. I fucking was obsessed with this. It was unreal. Um, it immediately paints that thing that I'm talking about. This is a sisterhood. They are all having fun together. Mm -hmm. None of these players are scared of, oh God, what if Jesse Palmer shows up? What's going to happen? None of them are trying to stab each other in the back. Nobody's got a target on their back. They're all in this together. They're not split up shit talking the other one. It's like for the first time you get, and I've, I've long preached this, that they need to alter The Bachelor and Bachelorette so that it is focused primarily on the player's experience with behind-the-scenes stuff. Show us what it's like to do an ITM. Show us what it's like to get in a limo. This is kind of giving you a flavor of that, that these players are together in this experience. It's There's an, an attitude among these players that is very like open about the fact that this is a little weird and crazy and what a unique thing to be able to do. That does not exist in regular Bachelor or Bachelorette. I think it's 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 hard to say what it is because it's also that, but with the wholesome thing. Sure. Because it's so wholesome. And you're and you believe that these people all are looking for love. Totally. Because they are. And you're rooting for them. I mean, they literally are. There's not like at their age and having had the life experiences that they've had, almost all of them have been married and are now widowed or long since divorced or whatever the case may be. I mean, you hear it when they get eliminated and they're like, I haven't felt this in X amount of years. I never thought I would feel it again. They are all for TRR simply because of their life experience. We see Ellen say that... <laughs> The younger generation doesn't appreciate hopscotch and all the outside activity stuff. True. Totally agree. We got to be hopscotching. She loads level level three. FEMA's loading level level one. And DLP comes into the mansion. He says there's going to be three hometown dates. What? So half of the six remaining players are going to be cut. We see Ellen being like, that doesn't make sense. The professional player is like, that's not how math works on this show. What is going on? And even I had this reaction. Why are they doing this? Why don't we get four? I was stressed. I don't know. Is it a budget consideration? Because it's a shorter season. They're... I have no idea. Is it a shorter season? Is it 10 episodes? Is it not? I don't know. Smaller player pool? I literally don't know. I because I really thought we were gonna see Sandra as well. Or Ellen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why they did it this way, but this is the way they're doing it. Three hometowns, which then means do we get two fantasy suites? And then after that, is it so basically it should be three hometowns, three fantasy suites. Everybody make and three finalists. <laughs> they just make it all <laughs> yeah. through the playoffs and the finals. 
at any rate, DLP comes in. He says there's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime magical one-on-one, and there's also going to be this exciting group date. He drops off the date card. Faith, you make my heart sore. She's getting this one-on-one. She screams when she gets it, and then she proceeds to pull off a double hand-face elimination face play. Almost my face play of the game, but not quite. Not quite, you see. Because tonight, I got a double scruncher. We got a scrunch face play in Golden, and we got a scrunch on the beach. There was so much scrunching. I did screenshot this face play of face, though, because she threw a pillow up in the air, too, at the same time. Gorgeous. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, it was great. She says, I love you all. I'm dreaming. And she gets ready for this date. We see Gary driving again. I, now I'm so nervous whenever he's driving. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just like, no, not these California freeways. <laughs> Did you think when they got in the helicopter that he was going to have to fly the helicopter? He gets it. He's like, I'm going to fly us in this helicopter. And then the fucking rotor starts sputtering out. I wouldn't be surprised if Gary could fly a helicopter. I mean, what can't this man do? He turns left or right on his motorcycle and just goes. I flipped a coin and uh, guess what? It came up head. So that means the helicopter pilot's got the day off and I'm going to be taking the stick. <laughs> oh, what? I don't know about that, dude. What? Dad, stop. <laughs> Um, we see that the hometown dates are going to be meeting children or grandchildren, not parents. Interesting. How is that going to change these dynamics? Are we still going to get the blessings? I think we will. He says, faith is a big question mark. And they discuss online dating. She says, online is hard. You know, at our age, we've all got horror stories. I want to hear some of those horror stories. And it's a get to the chopper. And Faith plays this IFI. I'm so adventurous, but I'm really afraid of heights. I lulled. (laughs) And he even tells her, you're going to conquer your fear today. This is a classic play for the first audience. Come on, whatever your fear is, I'll help you get through it. And indeed he does. You're going to conquer a fear today. I need this as my morning affirmation. I'm just going to just play it as my alarm. (laughs) (laughs) Gary, you're going to conquer a fear today. Oh, Pace Case, you're going to conquer a fear today. And so they're flying over these uh, beautiful mountains of Calabasas, California. And indeed, Gary is not piloting this craft. But the pilots who are were my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. We didn't have many bystanders, I don't think, in this whole episode tonight. So I decided to give it to these pilots who held aloft Gary and Faith, kept them alive, and delivered them over... The mansion itself. Popeye Peter Weber, who I assume was flying this plane, this craft, was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Oh, nice. Uh, well... I wanted to give it to Ghost Clues catching Pokemon on the San Monica Pier. Just you just wait until we get to that part. Just wait until we get to that part. Oh god. You see? Oh no. Just wait. 
<laughs> Once no. we get to the part where we get to go to the Santa Monica Pier, I'll have some things to say about that place. <laughs> I've spent more time at the fucking Santa Monica Pier than everybody in the world combined. 100%. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay, so the other players here are forced to stay out in the pool and they have to do a peeping Tom as the helicopter flies over them. Leslie ITMs that it was upsetting to see Faith uh, on this once-in-a-lifetime date. She incorrectly attributes this choice to Gary, but it's the producers who select this, of course. And in the chopper, we see Gary and Faith get a kiss and Leslie's now worried about her heart getting broken. Portion 2 begins... We see these mountain shots. Gary and Faith are flying over now downtown Los Angeles. They fly over Third Street Pier, a.k.a. Santa Monica Pier. Then they land on a little yacht off the coast. They cheers with some champagne to the day of a lifetime. Kisses all around. Gary ITMs. Nothing could be better than in this moment, which usually when they have you say that in ITM, they're going to cut to something kind of bad. And this is as bad as they can make something here in this. Mm. Back at the mansion, Leslie's having a hard time, produces tears. She ITMs that it's hard to see Gary taking somebody else on this romantic date. And she talks to Ellen, who STCOs her, uh, as she tears about it. And that's basically it. She ITMs that her past relationships haven't been very secure, so it's hard. She's kind of uh, building a, a pre-play here for a PTC that she's going to lay later. And produces these tears. Loved the way she did this. I did as well. It was very. It was a subtle uh, play, subtle lead into it. Usually in Bachelor, you just have like straight right into the camera. I've been cheated on six times. I can't go through this again. <laughs> but she says, my past relationships, you know, <laughs> haven't been so secure. Yeah, I'm taking away time for my kid to be here yeah. while he's out <laughs> on this fucking date. But- um, <laughs> we see a bird. Fly over the boat, representing Leslie's tears crossing the ocean. And this bird was mine. <laughs> creature of the week. <laughs> Only creature I saw. Seagull. I saw another one. A proxy creature, I guess. Well, <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're sitting on the couch on this yacht with some champagne. They got a little plate of fruit. She's feeding him the fruit. And she ITMs uncertainty of this being real or not. We get a little kiss. Gary compliments uh, the look of her eyes. That's Gay's play compliment and acknowledgement. Mm. She comments that she got the sense from him that he could be her person. Gary then compliments her musical talent and her motorcycle thing, which we know he likes because he used to flip coins to decide which direction, which cardinal direction he'd ride his motorcycle on Saturdays. Faith? Do you think he's going to flip a coin in the finals? I just don't know. Uh, heads, I pick you. Tails, I get on my motorcycle and ride to the west. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. If he fucking uh, womacked it, that would be so funny. People would kill him. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be down. Do it again. Give me season fucking two. Just let him always be the Golden Bachelor for like 10 seasons in a row. I'm down with that. Um, okay. Faith then PTCs here. Says, I had a hard time as a homeless teen. And music was kind of her safe space. That's why she likes to do her musical stuff. She had no mother, had no father, a lot of trauma as a kid, which makes her feel like she's not whole. She had a good life, but it hasn't been the norm. And that's something that moves her... Uh, that's something that moves over to the men she's dated. Uh, they weren't so emotionally healthy or stable because she saw so much dysfunction in her life. And Gary represents something she's never experienced, that stability, that functionality. And he says he wants to have the deep emotional attachment and someone 
that they tell they're the most important person in the world. And Faith wants to think that's possible, but it's risky and scary. She's been vulnerable with people and they've thrown it back in her face. And this multiple beautifully told poem of a PTC about being a homeless teen and that ruining all of her relationships as an adult was my play, 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 play of the game. This hard childhood PTC by Faith that was so perfectly played. She only gets this one one-on-one date. This is her only chance, and she has been preparing for it since she got that fimp. Blew me out of the water, and it was also my... Play, 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 play of the game. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible, and then... Gorgeous. It was like... If you're not ring winner, you're crown. That's this type of play. This is crown moves. Hundred fucking percent. Um, yeah, so genuine, so real. Not to, you know, use that <laughs> phrase, but it literally was. Um, then mm-hmm. it's so genuine, it's so real. Our golden god Gary says, "Well, that will never happen with me." Just give in to it. And he hypnotizes her into being vulnerable, into... <laughs> Reverse gaze play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Voice play. Did you ever see that movie, Love Potion Number 9? No. It's a old Sandra Bullock, Tate Donovan movie from the early 90s. They play... It's a rom-com. Hmm. They're two MIT students. I believe MIT. And they uh, together develop this brew, this potion, that when you spray it in your mouth, when then you speak... You can basically like get the opposite sex to do whatever you want. So they both then mm. go out into the campus and into the surrounding world. Roofies. It's not roofies. It's like you hypnotize people with your voice. And so she has it and then he has it. And he goes and like has a bunch of crazy sex with a bunch of sorority girls. And I think she gets like mm. some rich guy interested in her or something. Anyway, I don't know. Sidetrack. Side what do we call it? Minutia alarm? It has nothing to do with this. I've had some medicine. Truth be told. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Look, I love Sandra Bullock. <laughs> that movie's great. It's I mean, I don't know if it still holds up now in like contemporary times. Um, it was definitely from a different era, but uh <laughs> she anyway. doesn't need a love potion. She's just naturally charismatic. And this uh incredible play by Faith leads right into this one-on-one rose. I don't know if he was supposed to give it out here, but he immediately presents it and he says he basically admits that at first he thought it was only physicality with faith, but now it's deeper. She says she's falling deeper and deeper. So she transitions into her love level three, which she does after the rose, which I thought was like the, the cherry on top. They make out in this hot tub and she says she's head over heels falling for this guy. Gary says she could be the one. And we caught back I got to say, I will say usually a love level three after you've already secured rows, any love level raise after you've already secured rows is generally speaking, textbook speaking, unnecessary and could potentially be an error because you could save it to play it later if you don't play it right here. But I have to agree with you here. I think the way she put this on here, it like reinforced his decision to give her the rows. If his uh, psychological state... I think it makes it more for TRR. 
She already had the rose. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And potentially, because she knows the rose math of this season is different than the other game, it's only three hometowns. You can play this here because you've already got the hometown. Mm-hmm. If there's only going to be two fantasy suites, right. you're going to want to go into that playing your love level four. So she has as many love levels left as people. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And, and maybe that's a uh, smart math of it. But at any rate, usually I say don't play a love level after you've secured Rose. But here, yes, it was perfect. Look, she she loves adventure. She'll play a love level after securing a Rose. Who knows what else she'll do? <laughs> this was really like, this was a masterpiece of a one-on-one from her. Absolutely. Oh, it was like, okay, this is the super specialist date of the whole season. And she just like on every level was just nailing it. Fear of heights. It's a fucking helicopter date. Fear of heights. Overcome that. Here's my PTC. Well, that'll never happen with me. Here's your rose. I am falling in love with you. I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh, faith. <laughs> but back at the mansion, that'll never happen. Uh, things are not going as well. The group daters wonder what might be going on on the. I'm gonna miss Gary. Make him the bartender. <laughs> on the group date, they're all like, "What do you think the date card means?" And Susan's like, "I think it might be a yacht." Ha ha ha! Joke's gonna be on you in one second. Faith comes uh. back and just starts telling him everything about the date. Um, Kathy would have lost her mind. Kathy would have been in a fist fight. Kathy is rolling in her grave. Five <laughs> seconds. In his jet. Zip it, zip it. She explains the helicopter ride. Faith, zip it. Uh, she explains the helicopter ride and the landing on the yacht. When she says they landed on the yacht, Susan opens her mouth to full aperture and she gives her... The most intense eyes. She says, that was my dream date. And it, she got my... Face play of the game. I took a picture of that one, too. It was great. <laughs> but it was not my Facebook. So good. That's wide open. So Faith keeps talking about all the fun stuff they did in LNITMs. You're not that special, girlfriend. <laughs> And even this, like this would normally be a fucking villain edit. It's like funny and cute. I don't know. Like I, you just can't even be fucking mad. She further ITMs that the hot tub on The Bachelor is serious. I laughed out loud at this line. Unreal. So good. She's a fucking hardcore student of the game. Hardcore. That could be the, that could be the opening quote. Um, We see... Oh, I'll let you enter this. We go to a wonderful, wonderful place. <laughs> oh, on our fair city, Los Angeles, California, but still there is light. Light coming from the beautiful neon globe, the Ferris wheel on the Santa Monica Pier, Los Angeles, California. Some years ago, they used to call this place the Mecca of Pokemon Go. When Pokemon Go started... Used to. Yeah. Pokemon Go is falling off. Let's be real. But when this game first fucking came out... Shut the front door. All right. It's better than ever. You wouldn't even know. I'm talking about player numbers. I was there in week one at the Santa Monica Pier. You couldn't... When you, when you saw... Real ones are still playing in 2023. <laughs> when you saw this shit, like where they were on this group date, imagine that whole place 
packed literally elbow to elbow with people in Pokemon t-shirts. And there were dudes with like giant PVC pipes with like red team flags off of it and shit. Just weird, homemade, like Mad Max shit out there. Everyone was playing Pokemon Go. And if a Pokemon popped up, like there was a fucking Charizard that popped up up the street on 3rd Street. Whole Like 500 people, just a stampede running up that fucking pier to go get this goddamn Charizard. It was an incredible time to be alive. It was an incredible thing to see in terms of video game history, Pokemon history. And now that place to me is hallowed ground because I used to spend so much fucking time there. And to see it now in our beloved game. I play at the Americana. Yes. In this uh, first historic season of Golden Bachelor, it was such a weird feeling for me to see this place that I have so many memories of. Like, I know that place like the back of my fucking hand because I used to play Pokemon Go there. I was addicted to it, like, daily for probably two years. Uh, Is it an addiction if you play it every day, you think? <laughs> Look, I got some exercise out of it, I guess, and I get what you're saying. I don't think you're as bad as I was then because I would drive to the fucking pier and, like, walk around there for hours with my little Pokemon Go buddies. I mean, I'll just walk around my neighborhood, yeah. but... Well, to each their own. Get some exercise. Nonetheless, I love seeing it in our beloved game. And I love seeing our group daters, Sandra, Susan, Ellen, Leslie, Teresa, on that Santa Monica Pier. And uh, I pictured you scouring, scouring for Pokemon. Yeah. Ghost clues. <laughs> Ghost pier clues. <laughs> just head down on my fucking phone. And they're like, we got to let just this one yeah. guy through. He's He's been here longer than anyone. I went to the fucking... <laughs> He's grandfathered in. <laughs> I went to the Pokemon Go first live event in Chicago, and it was dubbed the Fire Festival of Video Game Events because it was so fucking terrible. <laughs> this is 20,000 people showed up to Lincoln Park in Chicago, fucking phones in hand, ready to catch some fucking unknowns. And guess what? Whole game breaks down. No one's phone works because the cell towers are overburdened. They didn't bring in new cell towers. It takes them a full day to get this shit right. They're not good with the they're not good with the live events and the like getting people they're trying a new thing for getting people to meet up in person to play and it's just like it's it's not working so far. I have a lot of ideas though and they should sponsor us. I agree. There was a moment where uh the guy who is president of the the company that makes it Niantic, John Hankey, came out onto a stage in front of again 20,000 people and is like, hey guys. Sounds made up. He's like, hey guys, Pokemon Go, everybody loves Pokemon. Immediate chance. Fix the game. Fix the game. 20,000 people. And he's up there pretending like everything's fine. No one can play the fucking game. <laughs> and it's hot. It's like 100 degrees. It rained the night before. Oh, mud geez. everywhere. Oh, it was terrible. I digress. That was a... I think it'll have a resurgence, but... Not yet. <laughs> All right. Now, for those who have come here for a non-Pokemon Go podcast, let's get back into Golden Bachelor. <laughs> Disgusting. Get out of here. <laughs> so this date, he says, is really about having fun and uh, finding the inner child for all these players and himself. And so they play these boardwalk games. One of these games. Gary's pretty good at these little intros that like are puns and like corny. He, he fucking is an actor. They're giving him a script. And he's delivering the shit. Yeah, I. but he's doing it well. Yeah. I know. The guy is fucking great. He really is like a perfect selection for the first Bachelor. And we all know 
The first iteration has to work. If it doesn't, your show is gone. So they mm-hmm. needed to make sure this season was going to be good, and they did. In all respects, the casting of it from Gary to even the night one players. Were, fucking Patty James was a night one player. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Uh, it was so good. Fucking Sweet Gnomes' friend. Oh, yeah. The other uh, Chicago honey bear. Um, Renee? I don't remember her name, but they're playing these boardwalk games. One of these games is Whack-A-Mole, and the moles in Whack-A-Mole were my... (laughs) Creature of the Week. (laughs) I just... uh, what did you call the moles in whack-a-mole a theoretical creature yeah proxy creature i just you know i love uh cinematic appear as i said i know these exact moles and so you've whacked them no i never have but uh i've seen them (laughs) (laughs) did you ever go on any of the rides or anything or you just yeah i've been on those rides i've been on that little roller coaster and i've been on that ferris wheel i have done that yes so both of those places, which were like... Yeah, I did that when I was a kid. Primary locations in our beloved game. I have been there. But um, we see that they're eating cotton candy, riding these rides. Uh, I think Sandra wins a... Sandra's crushing it. Love that. Ellen wins some of the game. It was a very good ad for the pier. Totally. But I didn't... The bumper cars I've never been on. Uh, but they do that. Mm-hmm. And they do the roller coaster. And then Teresa ITM loads level level three. Says she's going to play it tonight. Portion four begins the group date one-on-one time with Teresa and Gary. She ITMs. It's been 50 years since she's told a man she loved him. And that last person was her husband. You're already like, Oh my God, if she gets fucking jumped, this is like, Oh my God, <laughs> the knife is just going farther and farther. Into my the chest. stakes are just so much bigger in this game. And so she says, uh, she doesn't do shit like this usually, but he made her feel so comfortable and she's gone on dates and nothing has ever clicked the way it is with him. It's amazing that it feels so right. She knows she has a hard decision, but it would mean the world to her if, Gary, you would come meet my family. And Gary says, we have had a connection from the beginning. And she brings up his uh, Trista line about not finding somebody you can live with. It's who you can't live without. And she says, that's him for her. She can't live without him. She is falling in love with him. Love level three. This was almost my play of the game. Uh, that's what I'm saying. There are two love level three plays here tonight that are fucking mm-hmm. play of the game material, both of them, in my opinion. Like, yeah. at a high level. I think it's like, for crown, with faith, for ring, this one. Like, I mean, is she the ring winner? Like, I'm like... What is going on? I'm so confused. I thought Ellen was the ring winner. These are not, I would say, like exotic plays. This is not a Madison Pruitt uh, ultimatum after securing Fantasy Sweet Rose. You know, this this is not mm-hmm. um, Kelsey Weir knock-knock Rose. But this is like, you have to play your love level threes here. But it's like the first seasons where you had love level three. Exactly. They both are incredible. Wholesome. They mean it. Yes. They've done it so well. They positioned it so correctly. Added all the correct information. Um, Just so fucking wonderfully Mm -hmm. done. In terms of just like good foundational gameplay, these are two of the best level level threes I think I've seen in any game. And the timing is right too. Like Faith had to. It's her only one-on-one. 
and Teresa, it's like this is the most competitive, highest stakes group date of this entire season. Absolutely. And she just knocks it out of the park with this. And Gary says, we have so much in common. I'm touched. She says, I'd go on every roller coaster for you. And then they make out on this Ferris wheel. And like, I if if there was a group date, Rose, I think she would have gotten it. He ITM. She's the picture of safety and security. Such a sweet person. They all are. Oh, my God. We then see quick pops with the ones we're not gonna, <laughs> that we know are going home. Yeah, basically. Sandra 101, I've single 29 years. I want to expand families. 101, Susan, I don't know if I'm I'm going home, but I don't know if you're coming home with me or not. And we cut to FEMA loading her walls. We see one-on-one time with FEMA, and they talk about their bruises from their one-on-one. And FEMA, some chemistry play, goes, you told me to squeeze. I was squeezing. Ah. <laughs> and he likes that. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells her, I think about you at night and I laugh. And I wanted to let you know. I mean, I'm like, what? I've never heard this sentence on The Bachelor. I no. love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing this man asleep. I'm picturing him uh, shirtless with his lion tattoo exposed to the night air. Uh-huh. Dead asleep. And just fucking <laughs> gotta let that lion breathe at night. <laughs> yeah, just just sits up in bed, eyes snap open, and he just starts laughing hysterically because he's been dreaming about her. That's what <laughs> that's the image I get. Like totally creepy. And then he doesn't say anything. He just goes, "Oh, FEMA," and then goes back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pillow. And yeah, and he's like, "Teresa, I'd like to propose to you." You're my ring winner, but I am going to tell you every once in a while, I will sit up in the dead of night laughing (laughs) and then say, uh, oh, FEMA and fall back asleep. Just don't pay any attention to that, but I would like to spend the rest of my life with you. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. uh, They're talking about how is there for in the house. She says, I've had a few hard days seeing these other women going on dates with him. Because it brings up these past relationships. And she plays a PTC here. Big PTC. Infidelity. She has been cheated on. We get tears here. And this is the moment that we open the show with. We finally get to see what it is. He STCOs her. And he's like, I gotcha. I gotcha. Leslie says her her feelings for him are foreign. Because she hasn't felt this way in a long time. After their date, she was like, I'm crazy about you. And he says, thanks for that. And then he says he felt joy with her on the one-on-one as well. And he brings up wanting to protect her. And they talk about that little moment where... Uh, he was riding ahead of her and he kept looking back to make sure she's okay and then pulled off the road and pulled oh, in behind her. The head turn, heard around the world. Yeah. And um, he, she says, you know, nobody does that kind of caring thing for me. And he goes, well, I will. And Leslie ITM is having a weight off her shoulder. <laughs> she can breathe again. She tells him, you make me happy. They kiss. They hug. She love level threes him here. And uh, I'm falling in love with you. Yeah. And what he says back, you're my girl. You're my girl. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's everybody's love level three at the right time. I mean, it's just a stellar season to watch. Like, I got to say, I expected it to be interesting. Just like uh, from a curiosity standpoint and all that, I did not expect the level of play we're seeing here as we're going into the, the playoffs. It's fucking insane. I'm blown away. It's a... I don't even think it's that my expectations were low. It's been perfect. Um, And we see this girl chat. 
Ellen is loading Love Level 4. Susan says someone's going to cry. We get one-on-one time with Ellen. They go on a roller coaster. She ITMs, I feel like I'm 10 years old with my boyfriend. Oh, God. She loads Love Level 4. She says, I missed you. Our lives are so parallel. It's a weight off my shoulders. I can't wait to be a teammate with you. And he says, I always have strong feelings for you. Love level one. And she says, I'm falling head over heels in love with you. Can't wait for you to meet my kids. I'm her BFF, Roberta. We'll adore you. You're a man of character. You're not too bad on the eyes. And he says, that touches me deeply. I feel it so much. Love level three. So she doesn't, she doesn't go all the way to four here. She could have. She could have. Yeah. Um. And we see... I think she played it right, though. Honestly, I don't think there's anything she could have done. I think she played this right. Mm-hmm. I think going low level four here is a little too big. It's a little too desperate. I think she did what she... This is all she could have done. You don't want to Tyler Norris it. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I didn't have an error this game. Like, everybody I thought played... Me either. Pretty fucking perfectly. Yeah. Either they were doing things at super high crazy levels, or even like this is just like... It was good. Her love level three was good. All everything about it, everything she said was like fucking well done. But you're just getting like outplayed at a higher level. And the math of this season is weird. I think in a four person season, she makes it to hometowns. Mm, yeah, maybe. Just a victim of circumstance, unfortunately, Ellen. We see. Uh, I think we, especially because she's got the pickleball thing. I was like, yeah, and she even brought. I want to be your teammate. She's talking about that shit openly. It's like, dude, we're on the cover of fucking Pickleball magazine. Won't that be fun for the rest of your life? Anyway, Ellen uh, ITM's tears that she hasn't met anybody like this for seven or eight years. I'm falling in love with him. Might even be in love with him. Loading that level before. Ellen and Susan then are girl chatting. Ellen's scared. Her heart's either going to explode from love or emotional breakdown. <laughs> Produces tears. Oh, Susan SDCOs her. Gary ponders again against the green neon of the pier Ferris wheel and the ITMs that he has to choose two of the five women, but they're all incredible. He doesn't know how to make this decision. He returns to him, thanks him for the joy they brought this evening. He appreciates how much he's learned about all of them. He grabs that rose, and then he says, uh, these decisions that he's making now affect so many lives because he's going to be doing the hometowns, and it's sitting on his chest like a heavy weight, and he cannot do it. So he puts the group date rose back down, and he's like, I'm just going to give out two roses tomorrow at the... Rose ceremony, I can't do this. I need more time for clarity. The women all agree, even though it's a hard uh, pill to swallow, this is the right move. They support him. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're Teresa. All of their first audience games are fucking impeccable. You do this in a fucking season of Bachelor, one of them is going to go crazy, go cry in her room. You're going to have to go talk to her. Going to do like a uh, Crystal Nielsen on the bowling date. Remember that? <laughs> oh my God. Going to do something like that. That will happen. It would have been funny if if it was just all these wholesome people and just Crystal Nielsen. <laughs> I think it happens on Bachelorette, too. I think you have one guy getting mad about it and, you know, pouting and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Throwing a jacket in the pool. I'm just saying, I think in the regular yeah. games, you have at least one player that gets taken out with something like this. And here, none of them do. None of them. None of them even come close. No. They're 40 RR. It's fucking great. Uh, next portion, we get the rose ceremony, and Gary says, I have the responsibility of holding your heart in my hands. Ugh. Oh my God. Rough. You also have my heart. 
<laughs> yeah, you're holding the entire nation's heart in your hands. Gary, don't fuck it up. The nation's heart. Yeah, that's what a god does, <laughs> I think. That's right. Um, <laughs> we see first flower, Leslie Fema. Second flower. Final rose tonight does issue a dark touch, FYI, if you're keeping dark touch stats. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Nope, just me. <laughs> I'm hoping you've got that one covered. Oh, please. I do. <laughs> I did notice the final rose goes to Teresa here. Ellen says I'm going to faint. DLP says take unlimited time to say bye. I was like, someone should absolutely just refuse to leave if that's said. Specifically, he said, take as much time as you need to say goodbye. Or a tam tain to sig tam tain to sig It's unusual. I've never seen a tam tain to sig. Usually, it's, you can only take a minute. And... Yeah, it's only it's usually a tam sig. This was many other words in there, <laughs> and I tried to make something out of it, and it didn't work. We see uh, Sandra do what she's been doing. She wanders out. Susan gets a goodbye kiss on the mouth. Love that. Chemistry play out the door. Ellen gets the walkout. And uh, I wish she would have grabbed his butt or something, too. That would have been funny. <laughs> we see her cry at the at the dumping bench. And he says, I hope you stay positive. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, he said his type is Penelope Cruz. He now has, like, three. I know. <laughs> brunette women like yes that's his type uh don't take it personally ellen um she says he deserves to be happy he's been through a lot in her exit and oh my god this promo was bananas you better not hurt my grandma yeah there's little kids <laughs> coming in here armies of children oh little kids are gonna get me adult sons are issuing the interrogations it's an impossible situation. In love with three women. He's dying inside. He's breaking down. Tears, tears, tears. And then we get this fucking tag. This tag is unfucking real. It's all the women that right before the rose ceremony, these final six, do this last group hug saying, hey, this is our last night together. Bring it in. And it is this moment of sisterhood that they understand this thing they're going through Whoever winds up winning or whatever doesn't matter. They're all in this together. And this is an experience mm -hmm. that is unique to their lives. And only they will ever truly understand what this is like for each other. They are the only ones who can. And yeah. they're recognizing it in the show. And the show is recognizing that that's an important moment to put in the show. I got to say, and I know they end it with this joke where Susan gets in this final joke about like, don't mess with my boobs. But... And then I think Ellen pretends to motorboat her. Yes. And then Ellen pretends to motorboat her. Um, it's my favorite tag of all time. Yes. It's absolutely fantastic. I think this should have been in the show. I know that they're trying to end it with a little funny thing, but this moment between them is so fucking sweet and sincere and just shows you like that it, there is a bond between players. And I think that is forgotten in almost every case of regular season Bachelor and Bachelorette that yeah, you have one or two people forming friendships and then yes, they're all going to go do social media afterwards. But like going through that crucible of this weird experience is something only those players can ever understand. And I do think that friendship is a unique one that 
it can really only exist with cast members from a show like this. I mean, especially here, they're all so brave doing the first iteration of this. Like, it's it's amazing. And I love this tag so much. It was my wowie moment of the week because I was just like blown away. I was just like, this is I'm crying and I'm laughing in one. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. But yeah, I do. I do wish like the sisterhood thing I love and I and I want it to be elevated as well. Yeah. Who was your MVP? Oh, for her PTC play and perfect first one on one date. Faith was my M M M M V P. Faith is also my M M M M M V P. For the exact same reasons. I just thought that she played, this is like a, a crowning achievement game type thing. To get into the playoffs, you got to sometimes put in a crazy performance and she did it. I mean, this shit was mind-blowing. To me, it like it stands up against some of the best one-on-one dates that have ever been played. And I mean like standard ones where there's not some like an exotic uh, table turner like Victoria uh, Fuller. <laughs> With PP, with the old pilot Pete <laughs> on uh, when they brought out Chase Rice. <laughs> oh, oh I feel sorry for players who get those those things. Jesus, can you imagine that shit? They bring out their ex husband. Yeah, they didn't do that to any of the golden players. <laughs> Clues. I gotta be honest. I didn't know much about wine until we got First Leaf as a sponsor, and this is a wine club. Love to be in a club. They have amazing wines and exclusive perks. This is First Leaf membership. I filled out the quiz. I answered these questions. They sent me the things that were tailor suited to me, including the Dita Akello 2022 Ooh. Shiraz Rose from Southeastern Australia. Shiraz. Rose all day, baby. It's one of my favorite types of wine. When you're celebrating, you know, February, the month of love, I love to have it. It'll be even better for springtime. Rosé is the color of spring, I always say. But I'm thankful to First Leaf that I got to try it. With First Leaf, you get to choose when you want your box delivered and how often you get new assortments of wine. You get to be part of that wine club Pace Case was talking about, which is going to give you access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want wine pairing, advice, you want to talk about the wines you're getting in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get that member-exclusive pricing on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? I always am. Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the U.S. uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. 
That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Everybody listening to Game of Roses can use the code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues, I quit bras during the pandemic. I said, no more. They're not comfortable. I'm being comfy as a lifestyle. Um, And I couldn't picture a bra that would exist that I would want to wear. But... Today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. They don't have underwire. They don't have bulky fabrics, and they are so soft. Basically feels like a second skin, which is the only type of bra I will be wearing in the year of our gore 2024. Mm -hmm. I got the crossover bra, the black runway one. It has this cute like mesh that adds peekaboo mesh that adds this very sexy touch. So it's like doesn't look like it's, you know, a comfortable bra, but it is. And I guess I'm a bra person again. It turns out. Well, congrats, Pace Case. I know it's a big step for you. Right Mm -hmm. now, you can treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash roses. Use that exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash roses. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support Game of Roses and tell them we sent you. Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. <laughs> Chase Rice, the singer? At any rate, oh, uh, a fantastic episode of Golden Bachelor. Now we got to move into... And we'll see you next week. Oh, oh, no. We still have week five of Bachelors in Paradise. I know what I bring as a woman in this relationship. You just didn't see that. And you can go see that with someone else. And I don't care. We see in the intro basically the entire episode, so we don't need to recap that again, <laughs> and we'll just get into the episode. <laughs> you guys could just look that up on YouTube. Yeah, or if you just watch the episode, it's all in order in the promo, literally almost every scene. Portion one, night. It's rose ceremony night. A lot of the guys are single, says Rachel Reckie in an ITM as a colorful narrator. The girls have roses, so five guys are going home. Sean tells Aaron S. that his time in paradise has fallen flat. Aaron S. says he's disappointed in paradise, too, since Sam left. They both think they're going home. Sean mentions losing his job to come to paradise. This is a forced sabbatical. He doesn't want to leave, but it's not going to happen with the girls that are there right now. Sean begins praying to the paradise gods for a miracle. We then see that thing we saw last week. The ray of light graphic comes on the screen, and from the golden beam materializes a pair of female feet walking down the steps into sand. This is Sam Pico from Bachelor in Paradise, Canada. Uh, She meets DLP at the gates to hell, 24th sand officially. She has 33K Instagram followers, and uh, she made it about midway through Big Brother Canada Season 7 and then wound up on BIP Canada Season 2. She is not from Bachelor Bachelor Canada. How did she do that? Interesting. 
Do they cast more outside on VIP Canada? They on Bachelor in Paradise Canada, yeah. They had like a person from Survivor, I think, also on it. Um, and they had uh, one season, I believe, they threw in four or five just like fans of the show. I love that. Mix it up. Yeah, they do interesting things. But uh, I look just my take on this type of shit. They've done this before with some VIP uh, Australia players. Oh God, <laughs> it doesn't translate. Because now you've got a person, and no offense to Sam Pico. I haven't seen Bachelor in Paradise uh, season that she was on. I haven't seen her Big Brother season. And I do like her on camera. I think she's like funny. I, I think she's a good addition. Yeah. Here's the problem, though. We, as the audience watching this show, know less about her than we know about anyone on that beach. And there are a bunch of night one guys and girls on that beach. And she holds less space in our minds than even them. So this is a player you're now introducing that's supposed to be a late game like shakeup. And we're like, who is this? Who? It's, it is just such a bad idea narratively. You want to, once you're at this point in the season where like there's some solid couples and you're trying to squeak the last bits of fucking juice out of like a love triangle that's obviously not real. Once you're at that point, you need someone to walk down those steps that means anything to your audience. And this ain't it. Someone who can believably turn heads in a solid couple. Um, we, I mean, I thought she was pretty funny. I thought she did great and maybe she can write it out. But it's like, it's hard to see someone even making a real couple unless you're bringing in, you know, a powerhouse, which you're not really, they don't really do in the later episodes. Yeah. And even the way they present her is like, we get a little real uh, from her season where she's wearing leather and stuff. And she come, she tries to speak French with DLP here for a minute, which is kind of a funny moment. And she can't hang with him. We see he's like very fluent and she is not. I More DLP French. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we see... Le empathetic king, yes. Oh, shit. I forgot my face play, by the way, in Golden. Let me just do it real quick. Hmm. Uh, it was Ellen on the risers in the rose ceremony when she's like, Gary, better give me a rose. Or I'm going to be pissed off. She says something like that. They cut to her and she does like a weird eye scrunch face play that I just absolutely mm. loved. Here, I'll show you a picture of it. There were a lot of good scrunches this episode. It was full full oh. eye and full face scrunch to the left. Uh, oh. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, anyways, back to this. Um, the way they present Sam here, they bring her to the beach and... Uh, he, he tells her it's going to be a rose ceremony. You guys have the power. And she gets these ITMs where she's like, nobody's ready for my energy. You better buckle up. And then she comes down to the beach and we get a whole segment of people not knowing who she is. Who's that? Who's that? Don't do that. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Everybody there should know who she is and be like, oh my God, that's Sam Pico from fucking Bachelor in Paradise Canada season two. Did you guys see that season? Holy shit. That should be everyone's reaction. Instead, it's like, who is this? Who? Right? Why are you like, look, we got more drags. Yeah, more people that even the people there don't give a fuck about. Then why do I? It's just, I don't understand who is making this show. Every decision is wrong in terms of shit like that. But they're lucky they got some good players who do interesting things. And even Sam here, who's put in a pretty impossible situation, kind of turns around. She's making yeah. the round, saying hello. Recky is ITMing that she has fun tattoos, but doesn't know who she is. And we play out that whole thing. And then she qualifies herself to the to the rest of the players by going, I was on Bachelor in Paradise Canada. And they're like, oh, <laughs> okay. Once they 
feel like you're in the club uh, because what those players are thinking right there is, oh, fuck. Is that they sent in a random. Yeah. Are the producers doing some weird thing to us? They're all on guard now. Mm. And it just says like. I know. They're all looking at her with these weird dead eyes. which is just like strange. Um, we see this quick pause of her talking to everyone. Uh, John B says he's basically Canadian because he's from Minnesota. <laughs> I like that. PP li- loves that she looks great for 34. <laughs> he's so on brand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Sam tells Sean, I don't think your frontal lobe has fused together yet. And he says, well, actually, people tell me I'm more mature. And she says, your mom? It was funny, but... I mean, I thought this was funny. She says, I'd chew you up and spit you out. I thought it was funny as well. But uh, Sam completely dismissing Sean as a viability was my... Error, 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 error of the game. An astute player Hmm. would do some research and maybe know who he is or at least ask around and be like, what's the deal with him? Because unbeknownst to her, if she would have bonded with him right here and formed a power couple... He's completely free. Yeah. Yes, completely free. And they could have made an incredible dynamic duo because I think his energy and her energy together as a a comedy team would (laughs) actually work very well. And she just threw this away. They both pissed off the Chiron people. God, I know. She got one here that says, doesn't really speak French. That's her first one. <laughs> rough, rough. Uh, uh, we see the rose ceremony. Kylie picks Avon. Rekia picks Brayden. Eliza picks Aaron B. Moines picks Jess. Olivia picks John Henry. Mercedes picks Tyler Norris. Sam picks P. P. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, John B, Aaron S, Sean, and Sean ITMs. I got no love at all in Paradise. Paradise, I got hemorrhoids. I should have told Sam that to seem older. I don't know about that one. I thought that was a miss. Uh, Will also exits. He gets a little exit speech, and he said, uh, "You know, basically, he felt a connection with Mercedes, but she clearly didn't feel it with him. His person is out there somewhere." And Sam. This is so confusing to me. This is why I think they should have started the season with this Mm. episode. We watched a whole thing of like Will going back and forth with people and we're not even going to see a love story from this man. Yeah. I really, I like your idea of starting the season midway through, like have the first episode be the middle episode, play them out of order. Let us start like figuring like, oh fuck, how did things get to this? And then like play them out of order. (laughs) Two weeks. Yeah. Make it like lost or some shit. Do a time reversal in it, you know? Yeah. Have it be like, oh no, you guys are all asleep for fucking five days. This is a group hallucination. I do think there is something to like let the people date around without rose ceremonies for a minute. Like I've seen that proposed and I'm like, I like that idea. That's something they kind of do on Love Island more where it's like everyone dates a bunch of people. So, and they force it. Yeah. Um, We see Rachel Reggia says that Brayden is a great kisser to Mercedes and we find out it's Kat's 27th birthday. And we already know this is going to be a nightmare birthday. They always like to ruin people's birthdays on Bachelor in Paradise. And she wants to explore something intimate with Tanner. I thought, okay, are we going to get our first boom, boom room? Where the fuck is the boom, boom room? Gone. 
they demolished the boom boom room. No one, no one fucks. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the way it's been for a couple of seasons, at least. Um, we now get. I mean, shit. They really the the specter of Ashley Aya Kennedy's creamy Caesar fart is haunting the boom boom room at this point. Yeah, it's like I don't. They turn the boom boom room into something like very stupid and jokey. It's not like a sexy thing, you know. I don't know if it ever was, but now it's definitely not. Yeah, or they had what's her face with the vibrator in there. Yeah, exactly. It's like a joke now. Uh, at any rate, we see this one-on-one. Um, Rekia takes Brayden, and Brayden gives her a piggyback ride down the beach. It's already starting off fun and flirty, and she tries to return the favor, but he's too big. We get this funny moment where he's like, "No, this is not. You cannot give me a piggyback ride. This will not work." The other players are wondering what earrings he's going to be wearing on the date. And Blake tells the other players that he told them that he didn't want to, that he shouldn't dive in too fast, but that's brain's only play style. And I just wrote for some reason, Blake is now ITMing knowledge of like Rachel's slow play style versus Braden's fast play style. Yeah. What? <laughs> he's just, the, the producers are just handing him like literal written scripts at this point and being like, say this in an ITM, say this in an ITM, say this in an ITM. All right. What? I don't know. Uh, we see some birds. Kylie love level ones. Avon, they make out. We see AB say he's open to moving to Eliza. And El- Eliza says, LA, possibly we could be icons, but what about Berlin? Are you open to international love? Interesting. I would love to see an international wing of the, the nation. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be pretty cool. We get some hero score under both of these moments, so we know that they are going to be couples that last to the end of this two birds fly overhead and then we see <laughs> two parrots in a tree and these parrots were my <laughs> creature of the week we didn't have a lot to choose from just your your garden variety beasts and uh, birds that are around paradise, but I like the parrots. They were my favorite of the crabs, the murder birds, and the seagulls flying overhead, and the parrots. I chose the parrots. Love it. They were almost my creature, but something happened. Uh, we see this one-on-one date between Rachel Recky and Braden Bowers. This is the first one-on-one date we should have seen the whole season. Hundred percent. Also, did you catch the name? They walk into this room. It's an artist. Did you catch her name? Uh, of course I did. Did I hear it right? It was May Delgado. May Delgado. I was like, is she saying Mary Delgado? I was shitting my pants. I know. I had to <laughs> rewind. This was the artist, May yeah. Delgado. And I was like, what is this? A Is this somehow an homage to Mary Delgado? What is going on? I don't know. For those who don't know, Mary Delgado is... <sighs> I think there is argument to be made that she is the greatest player who has ever played the fucking game. If if you don't know the history of her, um, please go look it up. But the short version is she was the, she was in uh, Bob Guinea's season four and made it very far to third place. And then she crashed Byron Velvick's season six and won the fucking ring and performed the first ever hooju in the history of the game on her hometown date. And I believe it was Tampa, Florida on a softball field. 
Byron Velvet comes to meet her and she runs to him and does the first ever hooju. Kind of a side body cling. It's not like, by today's standards, not a great hooju, but it is a hooju. First one. Thank you. Greatest ever. Interesting. That's an argument. I would put her up there. Crashing a season and winning the ring? I mean... After scoring third place in the first season with a Bachelor from one of the other shows, who was a player on season one of Bachelorette, that, I mean... Caitlin Bristow. Yeah. Rachel Lindsay. How many seasons did they crash? Your guy. Well, he's crashed some. You love. What's that guy's name? Lil Nick Vial. <laughs> At any rate, uh, Manusha Lorm. I'm Manusha Lorming. In Mexico, we love celebration and piñatas. <laughs> They're part of the culture. And this time, they'll be the piñatas. And we see BB and RR change into nude clothes. And BB gets a black box. BB says, you're taking a peek. I know it. Uh, BB and RR have skin-colored tots and paint each other. RR ITMs that it's too comfy now. He's put paint in my crevices. It's the most romantic date in Bachelor career. I don't need fireworks in a yacht. Love that. BB tells her, you look so hot right now. BB ITMs her beauty really came out to him today. And he paints her butt with a squeegee. They look bonkers in these like post pinata ITMs. I'm obsessed with it. They look like something exploded on them. It's very Burning Man. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Why is it not? Am I wrong? For some reason, I just felt like I was home when I looked at them. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what it was. <laughs> they look like my best friends. Uh, Brayden here does a kind of cringe ITM impression of Borat where he's like, May Delgado, the artist, was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. She over, she was the spirit guide to one of the most, one of my favorite dates of this season. Oh, for sure. I loved this fucking date and she would have been mine, but there were, were, there was a few people, a little group of people later who I thought were. I cannot believe you're not giving it to May Delgado. Are you kidding me? Believe it. Look, she was fantastic, but believe it. Her name is May Delgado. I understand. This, though, is... Who's your greatest player of all time. We see what May Delgado does every season on Bachelor in Paradise. This date occurs every season on Bachelor in Paradise. There's always a May Delgado. I believe she was cast to get you to give her this award and you're not giving it to her. Okay, I'll, I'll carve it off. I'll give her half of it. But later, I have my reasoning. I have my reasoning. I don't mean to... You have your awards, I have mine. I love May Delgado. Don't get me wrong. She did a fantastic job. Obviously, the namesake of one of the greatest players of all time, maybe the, the greatest. But... Go on. At any rate, uh, Brayden does this cringe ITM where he kind of does an impression of Borat going, very excited, very excited. I thought that was a miss. A rare miss from Brayden Bowers. Couldn't really believe it. But uh, we see this one on one time with him. She thanks him for bringing her fun side out and thanks him for being... uh, He thanks her for bringing him out of his ditch. All I think of Borat now is when he tortured Corinne. Yeah, I remember that. He says he was over paradise and she made him feel good again. She has so much fun with him. She's always laughing, but he also has depth. And she has lacked friendship in all of her prior relationships. Oh, that's a hard cut to the ultimate Viking. Before this, she is so surprised by him. And she says it's still early, but he surpassed her expectations. We get some kissing here. They hit the pinatas. They collect the candy. And she's shooting an ITM out on the beach. And the producers are there with her. And this motherfucker runs up to her 
and fucking picks her up and makes out with her in her ITM. This was, I immediately was like, oh, play the game. Something else I thought was better. But um, this is fucking incredible. We talk about this in the book. Break into other people's ITMs. It, there are moments that will always get used if you do that. If you can make it funny or cute or whatever it has to be in the moment. For TRR in this case, and cute and funny. It was all of it. Brilliantly fucking played. This is a high-level fucking play pulling something out of nothing. I also wrote play of the game here, but I think we probably have the same one that came later. Maybe. I... I love them together and they're always like, they're so physical with each other and like wrestling. And like, I'm also, I don't know if this is conspiracy town, but I'm like, this is the second sand crown who is now getting with a villain in a four TRR relationship. Are they the next Kufrin and big body? Oh my God. You're making my head spin. You're making my head spin. If Bowers, <sighs> If they are forced to break up, I will believe that they're going to have a baby. <laughs> okay. I'll go with you there. I'll go with you there. I mean, we have a very limited data set, but the data set we have tells us that if they are forced to break up, they will yeah. then marry and have a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she will propose to him. Yeah. Um, I love this though. And it was like a, it was like a, a hooju. I, I counted it as a hooju, which I also loved. Yeah. Um, we see three parrots. We see shots for Kat's birthday. And they say no faces. And Kate Kat makes a face, however, grimaces so hard. And this mm. was my face play of the game. I loved it. It was going to be mine, but I saw a scruncher later. She had a lot of great face play this episode. And they're going to do Darty, which is a day party. We learn and play games in the pool. Suddenly, we cut to a big ass lizard. And this, I don't know, lizard dragon who represents something shaking up paradise was my. <laughs> Creature of the week. Uh, they play sexy music, and it's Davia, 25th Sand, who gets to talk to DLP. She mentions here she wants to be herself, put herself out there, be authentic, and she's hoping to see Tanner. Cut to Tanner sitting next to Kat, asking about this birthday party, and Davia then tells DLP that they're both into fitness, she and Tanner, and that's what she likes about him, and the DLP gives her. A date card. Davia enters the beach. Cat does a double take as she makes her rounds. Hug people. We get the obligatory. She's hot from both the guys and the women. All everybody's saying, "Oh my god, she's hot." We start to get into how Tanner likes that she's got two different colored eyes. That will be repeated about a hundred times over the course of the night. Uh, yeah, Davia. Gaze play. <laughs> Davia. Yeah, she has a. Her eyes are so unique. Her gaze play is just like only somebody with two different colored eyes could have that kind of a gaze play. Uh, mm -hmm. Double the power of gays play. Uh, Davia reads her date card. Let love take the lead tonight. She pulls Tanner to chat. Cat gets pissed. We see this one-on-one -on -one time with Davia and Tanner being intercut with Cat talking to Blake Moines, and uh, Davia essentially is telling Tanner that they, he's Tanner's complimenting their tans. 
She's complimenting his tan. He's complimenting hers. They talk about the eye color here again. Your eyes are beautiful. He tells Davia. I'm Tanner. No, you're Tanner. Yeah. <laughs> he tells Davia that he's partnered up with Kat, but apparently still options opening. Kate then and, and or sorry, Kat and Blake Moines are chatting and Moines is like, you deserve to feel wanted. Back on that one-on-one time with Tanner and Davia. He says this is the first time he's been single in a while. Kat then tells Blake she thinks he'll go on the date if asked. Tanner returns to the group. Big smile. He says Davia's super cool. Comments on the cool-looking eye mismatch again. And then he asks if she's pulled anyone else yet or no. No. Davia then returns to the group and just straight up says, oh, I don't need to talk to anybody else. Tanner, do you want to go on this date with me? And Davia's fucking just boss power move to isolate and take from Cat Tanner, one of the biggest catches on the beach so far, was my play, 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 play of the game. Davia picking Tanner after their first chat saying, I don't need to see any other fucking grass. This grass is green. It's tan. <laughs> it was also my play, 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 play of the game. Ugh, I loved it. Just straight power. So strong. Just straight power. So strong. It is in late game like this. I think you have to do this. A lot of players come in late game like this and they're timid. Oh, let me talk to everybody. Make sure I'm not stepping on any toes. Fuck that. I talked to the guy. He said he was open options. So let's go on a fucking date. I don't give a shit about the other stuff. Let that fall out where it may. That's going to be on the people who get affected by it. Not me. Brilliantly fucking played here. And uh, Kat then ITMs that she can't believe this is happening. And on her birthday. And and like plays oblivious to the whole thing. Oh, I didn't know they were together. I didn't know it was her birthday. Exactly. It, it You're swathed in the protection of 4TRR. In no sense, mm-hmm. they call it. Kat ITMs that she can't believe. You go in, you learn no information. <laughs> exactly. You, or, or you know all the information. You're just playing a good game here, which I think may be the case. Well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Kat says this is her literal worst nightmare to have her birthday ruined like this. Tanner says he wants to talk to Kat before they head out. Olivia ITMs that Kat is brewing and Hurricane Cat might come out. You know when the producers are making other players call you Hurricane or Tornado or fucking Snowstorm. <laughs> When they're putting these these events of nature on you. They're trying to ruin your life. <laughs> yeah, they're going to turn you into something real fucking bad. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Portion six. You should be asking everyone else, is anyone being forced to ITM that I'm yeah. a hurricane? Because then you should. Yeah. <laughs> then you need to go fix it. A power outage, even anything, any kind of negative environmental consequence. Mm-hmm. And it's always women yes. who are the storms. 
Of course. Porsche sex begins. I know Claire definitely was a hurricane on multiple seasons. She was. Uh, Porsche sex begins. Such a good hurricane player. <laughs> Dobby. <laughs> There's a rich history of hurricane players in our beloved game. Davi agrees the players <laughs> on the beach as Tanner walks off with Kat. Davia tells the other players that Tanner told her he was still open options. And then we see this one one time with Tanner and Kat. And he basically tells Kat they're in a super good spot with their first date and everything. But he feels like she got tested with Braden and he hasn't really had that. And she's like, I was trying to find out where your head is. Maybe I, uh, maybe you can help me. And he says, going on this date with Davia might give him clarity. She's like, okay, fine. He says, I owe it to myself to explore this. But then in an ITM, she's super pissed. I gave him a rose. You say yes on my birthday without having a conversation with me. And the other players then applaud Davi when she comes back to the group. Literally, somebody calls what she did a power move. Someone says that phrase. Open gameplay speech here. Yeah, Avon. He claps for it. They all clap for it. And uh, Game recognized game. I love that Kat like, changes the bar. Like Olivia's like, complaining about you didn't have a conversation with me before the date. She's like, you didn't even... You just said yes and then said, let's have the conversation. Uh, she Davia goes, I stepped on one toe better than three. And Kat, love level ones, Tanner says, I want to put my energy towards you. And Davia comes over right at that second. Is everything okay? You ready? Ugh, Davia, playing so well. Kat and Kylie have a conversation. Kat says he shouldn't have said yes before talking. I want a man, not a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's crying. This was also tied for my face play. She was just face playing it up. Tears, you're a fucking child. I fucking knew it. Tears. ITM, I'm not here for children. No children. Uh, we see... <laughs> The whole kitchen staff mm-hmm. and all the players deliver a happy birthday cake to Kat while she's crying, which was my wowie a moment of the week. The kitchen staff were my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week <laughs> and this is why i'm saying this okay <laughs> you had okay uh may delgado that is a thing where they're like we need you to host this date these people are going to come in they're going to be human pinatas you're an artist you're going to help paint them up and like there's a thing you're right? an artist you know you do human pinatas sure. all the time whatever yeah. it is there's like some pre-planning and shit like this to this these poor motherfuckers are just there like doing their job and producers come and be like hey everybody uh, could you make us a special fruitcake and then come sing happy birthday to this crying girl they're fucking literal dudes in chef hats <laughs> yeah. singing happy birthday to Kat Izzo while she's crying because Fucking Tanner took Davia on a one-on-one in week three of Bachelor in Paradise or whatever. Can you imagine being that fucking person? One of those people? Just like, what is my fucking life? What is going on? So for that reason alone, Jesus Christ, I just can't imagine being one of them. Yeah, they definitely didn't tell him she's crying right now. But they have to keep walking out. It's just like... It's so awkward. So bizarre. It's so cringe. It's so cringe. Oh, my God. I just felt so bad for them. And I thank them for their uh, 
incredible performance for putting up with, for doing this, quite frankly. Um, it was very bizarre. It was like, I felt like I was having it. It was like kind of an artistic moment. I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience when it happened. But uh, we then see Kat takes this fruit cake thing they've made and flees the entire situation walking with this cake down by the ocean. And we're like, is she going to throw it in the ocean? What the hell's going on here? Then we just open the next portion on a shot of the cake being washed away into the sea. How did it get there? We have no idea. <gasps> really? I yeah. missed that. It the Whatever the narrative was. They wanted her to throw it. They wanted her to throw it so bad. They wanted something to happen and it didn't. So they then took the cake put it near the waves and got B-roll of the waves washing it away. They Sally suitcased it. Sally suitcased it. But this isn't even... Sally suitcase at least was like someone came up with an idea and they executed it. The idea was bad. The execution was bad. But there was a, a chain of creative effort put into that, which I can at least respect. This has nothing. This is... She's not going to throw it in the ocean. She says she doesn't want to. Uh... Just put it in the near the ocean and we'll wait for the waves to take it away. What? At this point, the cake is delivered to you while you're sobbing. Yes. She has to know that they dislike her. Yep. Right? That she's getting bad at it. I think 100%. What do you do in that situation? Like, that is so stressful. I don't know. Because they're also probably dripping honey in her ear being like, come on, just like... You know, this is what the story is now is like Tanner's on the thing and you're mad and it's going to be hilarious and we're going to make this great. It's going to be awesome. They're saying shit like that to you. So I don't know. Maybe they're they're pulling the wool over her eyes a little bit. I don't know. But this whole thing didn't work. I didn't understand it. Um, terribly done. Kat is still in tears, ITMing all the same shit we already saw. Sam then tries to speak logic to Kat that the birthday thing is just coincidental. And she maintains that if it was uh, Kat is like, if it was my birthday, I never would have done this. And she's going to sit with her emotions and she keeps getting upset. Then on the date, we see with Davia and Tanner, it is a dinner date. She says uh, she was intentional taking him on the date. He says, that's what this is all about. Finding out who you want and who you don't. And he's looking for the real thing. And he's happy with his decision to come on the date. Tanner then ITMs that Davia looks as incredible as a woman can. <laughs> I wrote lol. <laughs> that's a strong compliment. Power lol. compliment there. <laughs> you look more beautiful than any human can possibly achieve. He mentions her eyes again, and then he tells her that her eyes are as good as you could possibly look. Very pretty. That's as good as you could possibly look if you got the two, the two double gaze power. The, he's really into that shit. The mismatched eyes. This is like the fifth or sixth time, at least, that it's in the cut. And it looks like it's all on mouth. I think these are real words that he said this many times. Tanner then ITM is feeling kind of bad for leaving Kat on the birthday, but not that bad. Back on the beach, Kat is fuming. The other couples are kissing and hugging all around her. They're all wishing her happy birthday. Kat is like, I would love a pinata. And on cue, Brayden and Reckes show up. Human pinatas covered still in paint and streamers and all kinds of decorations. And they get filled in on the Davia Tanner situation. Brayden ITMs that it made him feel good, actually, to hear that Kat is getting her come up and they're like, and send yeah, in Brayden. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then we see um, Kat and, no, I wrote Kat and Davia make out on their date. But it's not Kat. It's Tanner and Davia make out on their date. <laughs> and this is intercut with Kat getting angrier and angrier. Kat goes to the Palapa, finds a real pinata waiting for her. And we're intercutting now. Tanner and Davia dancing on this date with Kat demolishing this pinata in a fit of rage. And Tanner and Davia kissing. This insane dance where they're holding each other in the air like this. I don't understand. Well, this is okay. 
I saw that there and I'm like, Dirty Dancing? That's a, a very famous lift move that Swayze does to Jennifer Grey. They practice it in the water and then they do it for real in the yeah. final I saw thing. that one. You've seen fucking Dirty Dancing, but you're giving me shit about all these other yeah. movies I'm talking about from that era? Well, I saw Dirty Dancing. Oh, shit. You know why? <laughs> I saw the second... I saw the remake before I saw the original. Oh, Knife to the heart. Uh, but I really liked it. And I was like, oh, oh I got to watch. The original <laughs> is such a good fucking movie. I, I think it's like, it's such a rare, weird movie that holds up. But that's like, it's an iconic dance. But like, you have to be so strong to be able to do this. How is everyone doing this? Are you watching the same show I'm watching? These guys are fucking bodybuilders. But the girl has to be a bodybuilder also to do it. I think. You think I could do that if I just had a bodybuilder under me? Fuck yeah. But Davia is putting on some oh, moves. She's doing know. like high leg kicks and shit. I'm like a potato. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Braden, Braden Bowers could Jennifer Grey dirty dancing you. I bet he could. But yes, I agree with you that Davia is doing some high level dance here. I don't know exactly what it is, but it does look like she has some better than... Uh, normal capabilities. But yeah, this is the first time we see this thing and I'm thinking to myself, is that Dirty Dancing? What the fuck's going on here? Then we see it again when uh, near the end of the episode, Brayden does it to Rekia on the beach. And I'm like, were they all talking about this or something? How are two people doing this same Dirty Dancing move? It seems like it's like intentional or like... And then they just cut out the meaning of it. I don't know. The producers are making everyone do it. That's what I'm saying. There's shit going on here that we're getting little glimpses of, but they don't give you enough narrative thread to connect the dots, and these things fall apart. Like, if it was meant to be something that Dirty Dancing was thematically somehow a part of this episode, give me that. Show me how it is. Don't just have these two weird pops, and then I'm like, what? Am I, is there something I'm missing? The fruitcake is another thing. Yeah, like, are they making everyone do this? I Or something, yes. I don't know. Like, did they have a Dirty Dancing... Uh, lift competition on the beach or something that almost feels like that's what they did the fruitcake is another thing it's like I see her walking with it now it's just getting washed into the ocean but what happened in the middle there's no story here you know they're not like they're not constructing these things they're just trying to imply that she threw it in the ocean exactly and like I don't know Are, is anyone gonna believe that yes some will but I guess some people, yeah, will buy that and it'll make her look more like a villain. I don't know. I literally don't know. But it's just, <sighs> there's so much bad at job in this. This I was confused. Uh, he's holding her in the air. They're making out and they intercut this with Kat destroying a pinata. Um, she's worried Tanner likes sweethearts. Um, and she Kat ITMs, you literally said yes before... Talking to me, it's not real. I want a genuine relationship. Intercut with them making out. Uh, cat ITMs, I'm not living with bugs for no reason. P still playing up the princess play in in this breakdown. Yeah. Next portion, Wells is fixing his truth box. What? This was hard. Hard to watch here. The truth box didn't die? <laughs> yeah. It's like the producers had him smash it just so that the Wells could be putting it back together. They're just like thinking of shit on the fly. There's no like rhyme or reason to this. They don't even use it in no. this. There's no, there's nothing to do. They don't pull anything out of it during this episode. It's just to keep the truth box alive. Sam put something in it, right? He, he tapes it up. 
And then Wells gets a few yeah. jo- a few box jokes in, and then Sam puts a piece of paper in there. Yeah, I guess that's why you want it to get some good box jokes. That's I mean, that seemed like its only purpose, really. And then Sam ITMs that people on the beach are boring and it's time to spice things up. She's gonna get dirty and nasty. They start playing then a game of truth or dare. Um I don't know about this one. Love this. But uh why? <sighs> truth or dare? I, I don't know. It just doesn't like some of these things worked because of the players. The construction of a truth or dare game is like do something better than truth or dare. They sent her in with this, the producers did. They're like, go in there and start a game of fucking truth or dare. I mean, they should give them a series of dares or whatever. Like, that's what they do on Love Island. It's like kind of like you're playing truth or dare, but there's kind of all they have to be on these cards or whatever. Or do like a a list of dares. There's like five dares in escalating difficulty or like scariness or whatever. And whoever does the top one gets to go on a date with somebody or whatever, you know, shit like that. Like there's no stakes in any of this. So it's, it's. Yeah, shave your head, you get to go on a date. Shave your head, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. They're just like, oh, yes, we get to stay a night in a hotel room. Um, Sam goes to Aaron B. He takes a dare. Sam dares him to eat the spicy pepper. Fear Factor play here. He eats it and he starts sweating. She pulls it out of her tits, which I liked. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, Olivia asks Braden. He takes a dare. She dares him to lap dance the most exciting person here. He selects Jess for some reason. Kylie then twerks. Rekia, by the way, is absent from this. Um, don't know where she is or what's going on. Maybe she's... Protected. Shooting an ITM. Protected from truth or dare. <laughs> Maybe. She's like, fuck this. I'm not doing this. Olivia then... Or sorry, Kylie is twerking, we see. Jess is daring PP to kiss an attractive girl. He tries to kiss Kylie, but she basically recoils from his touch. Uh, very, very bad. For the- Do you know what it reminded well, me of? Hot touch guy on uh, Listen to Your Heart. Oh my God. <laughs> Michael Todd was his name. Minutia Alarm. <laughs> uh, PP asked Mercedes to make out with someone on, sorry, uh, someone on the daybed. Uh, she makes out with John Henry. Cat does a body shot off John Henry. Uh, Olivia sucks his finger. Uh, we, we still haven't gone back to the toe thing. Uh, they call Jess Baby J, which I like. Uh, and someone asks, "Is Truth is Blake Winder number one?" And Jess goes, "Yes, he's my only connection." And this answer was my error, 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 error of the game. Baby J, what are you doing? Public wobble on Blake Moynes. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. There's something that is, to me, interesting about like the state of the game in that Blake Moynes and Rachel Recchia, people are not clamoring to date them. That people are like, yeah, I don't know. I guess they're okay. Right. Like in a past era, if you would have had a bachelor, bachelorette or ring winner there on the sand, it's like they're almost untouchable. They can walk through the crowd and pick and choose whoever the fuck they want. And here it's not like that anymore. Yes. It's so bizarre. I feel like, I feel like Braden understands that. Yeah, he does. That's the best person you can be linked up with from the season. Yeah, absolutely. Period. Like, 
But here we see uh, Jess is kind of floundering and then Blake ITMs that her reaction solidified that she's unsure of him and he's still confused. We begin portion nine. Braden and Rekia are now do the, the dirty dancing thing on the beach and he lowers her into standing sand huju. So I, I have this note. Must have been something they were talking about or practicing on the beach. Olivia and John Henry are now in the hot tub. She gives him a truth. Is it true that Mercedes is a better kisser than me? He correctly identifies this as a kiss lead in line. He says, I don't know. I haven't kissed you in a while. Going to need a refresher. We get a kiss here. Well played. Nice. Olivia ITMs that he makes her weak in the knees. She's super into everything about John Henry. And they make him then put on the fucking deep sea diving helmet again in the hot tub. Motherfuckers. Inexplicably. <laughs> At this point, John Henry, you just got to tell those producers to back the fuck off. Olivia tells him if he ever kisses Mercedes again, she'll slit his throat. I thought that was funny. We get a little kiss. And he ITMs they're building something and he likes her. That's a level of a one loaded. Blake and Rachel Recky then chat. He says Jess is more unsure than he is. He's optimistic, but she's finding reasons not to be. And it feels like she's unsure and not telling him. He's confused. Recky assures him that she likes him, but it's been a lot with Tyler and Tanner. And Rekia then colorful narrate ITMs that Blake and Jess are the longest standing couple, but the furthest behind in many ways. I didn't realize they were the longest standing couple, but I guess they are. Uh, hmm. Rachel Recky then tells him you got to talk to her tonight we get this one on one time with Blake and Jess this is a uh, some rough stuff happens here he basically says he's trying to be optimistic but he feels uncertainty he feels like they're going through the motions but she's not fully into it and that makes him not fully into it and if he knew that she wasn't fully into Tyler or Tanner then he'd be all in it on her so he asked her can you try to figure this out like where your head's at and when he asked her to figure it out he pulls a hard single wink mouth scrunch up persuasion face play that was my face play of the game let me give you a shot of it oh my god <laughs> that's powerful stuff that's a moins play <laughs> it was hardcore uh i uh, yeah, I didn't know what he was doing. He, <laughs> that's a Moines face play if I've ever seen one. It looked like perhaps it was some who's trying to cast some spell with his face. I'm not sure. But we see Jess here produces tears. She doesn't know what to say. Blake says uh, he feels like she's not into it enough. She says it's not true, but she hasn't put herself out there because she's been worried about him and her friends. Hasn't done anything for herself. And he says, well, then I'm going to give you the space. You can figure it out. He's confused because he thought things were going great. Just ITMs that she's overwhelmed because she doesn't know what she wants and she feels like she can't explore anything. Produces tears here. Back to uh, this one-on-one time. Jess is still tearsing. She's tearsing in her ITMs. She then flees her one-on-one -on -one time with Blake, still in tears, and Blake ITMs that there comes a point where, where you either try this for real or you move on. She hasn't shown him any reason to stay. I thought there were errors all in this conversation. I thought it was an error of him to be this direct at her. Like, if you want to have this conversation, mm -hmm. but you want to stay in paradise, the way he's going about it is like, look, I'm all into you. You need to figure your shit out. It's more of an ultimatum-y thing. The way you come into a conversation like this is like, listen, I can tell you still need to explore things. And I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. I'm going to do that too. And let's reconvene. I really do like mm -hmm. you. I think we have something here. But paradise really is about figuring out who you mesh with the best. And if you still feel like there might be something out there, you owe it to yourself to explore that. And I will do the same. And let's meet back up before the next rose ceremony and see where we are. You options open. You mutual options open. No hard feelings. There's no tears. Now the way that he's presented this, it's like... 
basically if they break up, they're gone. Like he's going to have to leave fucking paradise because he's like in a negative headspace and she is and everybody's crying. Mm -hmm. You always want to present any like slight move back of an all exiting as a positive thing. Always. And here he just doesn't do it. And then her reaction to it is what you would expect, which I also think is an error. Uh, this kind of like, well, I haven't had my chance to go on a date with anybody produce tears. And it's like, a. There's no need to, at this point, try for victimization play. Yeah. You can still be in the driver's seat. You can take this conversation from him and just be like, yeah, you're. I mean, I won't deny it. You're right. I do feel like that. So no hard feelings. And But I do need to pursue these things. You just own it and fucking roll with it. And then he's got no leg to stand on. At any rate, uh, a hard conversation to watch. But we begin portion 10 in the morning. Uh, Sam Pico's ITMing that the vibes are a little off because of all the conversations last night. Kat is anticipating conversation with Davia and Tanner. Kat tugs at her own hair and we see um, an Kaz in ITM with a Chiron that reads can't stop playing with her hair. So now they're fool editing her on top of her fucking villain edit. Oh, I didn't see that. It's unbelievable. They're just like, fuck Kat is. I did notice they kept showing her playing with the hair. Yeah. They are doing her so fucking dirty in this edit. Like, they just yeah. picked her and they were like, fuck it. She's having a little bit of a hard time here. Maybe she's having a nervous breakdown. We're going to turn her into the villain, the fool, everything negative. Yeah, it's not that fun to watch for me. I agree. Um, we see Davia pull Kat. Um, Kat says there was no exclusivity talk with Tanner waiting to hear. And we see... Braden flashes back to Cat with the pinata smash. They're um, basically implying she's going to blow. And Davia says, well, we haven't touched base. He's hard to read. I can't speak for his feelings, but we are going to pursue things, I think. And Cat says, I don't feel like I should be an option. It's too late for exploring. And it's my birthday. And she ITMs, I can't take this. And we a bunch of tears. We see even <laughs> reluctantly say we have all eggs, one baskets. And Brayden tells Kat to do breath work. <laughs> and Kat says, I don't want to look. I miss my fucking cat. And Tanner pulls Kat and we don't see this conversation. And cliffhanger. During that, um, when Tanner emerges and comes back to the group, the music they put under him is like Thanos about to destroy the universe in a fucking Avengers movie. They really are like, the end of the world is about to happen. Um, and then we see next week, next week on Paradise, Cat is shouting at Tanner. Cat goes for John Henry. Olivia calls Cat garbage. Well, I guess we know how that conversation goes. Like, come on. Just like fucking... I don't know what happened. Exactly. And then, yes, the whole thing with John Henry and Cat. Like, I didn't know any of that shit either. It's like they just give it away. They don't care. Like the narrative of the show is not important to the people making it. So it becomes hard to follow as a, a viewer as well. Luckily, you have some of these players making these incredible fucking entertaining plays. But like, just present this better. You have a good show here. It's just the way it's being presented. Um, but we see, yeah, she's going to make out with uh, John Henry. Oh, okay. Well, forget what we're going to see next week. Then we get the tag. Braden is doing a freestyle about his pinata experience. I try to like force myself to forget what I've just seen when I see the promos. Oh, nice. Good work <laughs> if you can get it. I don't like spoilers. Um, the tag Braden raps about candy and pinatas. Just nothing like the motorboating one. It is nothing like it, but it. 
I mean, you're doing that in a fucking ITM. That'll be used in the show. Maybe it'll be a tag, but like mm-hmm. you're you're doing something that you 100% know is going to make the cut. And that's what you have to do if you're a good player. Which is why Braden Bowers was my M M M M M V P. Can't help it. Just simply can't help it. <laughs> love that. Love the laugh, the 4TRR laugh that comes from you. <laughs> I love watching this man play our beloved game. He is a fucking delight. A fucking delight. Everything he does is entertaining. With that rare exception of that weird fucking Borat thing he did in that ITM. But look, the man has a, an amount of volume of consistent and good play. I will forgive that one thing. And that's why he was my MVP. Everything he did, that one-on-one date was fucking... For all those reasons, he was also my... M-M-M-M-V-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-